How's it going, guys? It's me, Brendan Matula. Matula, and I'm Thomas Six, and we're really excited for this episode, guys. It's going to be a good one because it's going to prep you guys for December, which is the uh, the final here in the movies of uh, 2021. So Woo. a lot of good stuff going on, uh, some really big movies, and uh, we're not going to waste your time. We're going to get right on into it. Um, talk about movies, maybe a little bit of music here and there. It's going to be a really fun episode, and uh, we're going to get you guys ready for uh, ready for December. But of course, without further ado, we always start off every episode by saying thank you. Thank you guys so much for your support. You guys rock. You keep us motivated uh, through the highs and lows. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much, and uh, um, thank you to those who voted in the. Uh, in the uh, oh. hot five challenge. Yeah. It, but uh, uh, nobody won, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, we'll have a winner soon, but keep it going. Keep it going. But uh, Tommy, let's go ahead and get this show on the road. What do we got for today? What are we starting with? Yeah, guys. So um, really, like I said, really fun episode. And I, once again, I agree with everything Brandon just said there, uh, you know, whether it's one listener or 100 listeners, we're reaching someone. Uh, we have accomplished our goal. Um, so today we're going to go over December's movie slate since this, I believe, is the f- might be the second episode we have in December. But I don't remember going over December's movies in the last episode, which was a huge mistake because it's a big month. So we're going to start off with December's movie slate. Um, and then we're going to go to come on, my Come On, Come On review. I did just watch that today. I finally got a screening for it. It only took forever because uh, they're very selective with which theaters uh, they're playing this movie in and well, there's another film this year, uh, this month that's coming out. That's just like that. We'll get to that in our early Oscar predictions. That's right. I'm going to go over uh, every kind of my predictions and what I want and what I think will happen for the Oscars uh, before December, because this month is going to shake a lot up. So I'm going to go over that. And then uh, I'm also going to give Brandon a chance as well because he always gives me a chance to kind of take the floor just for a little bit on his sports show. So I'm going to return the favor here. And also I'm genuinely, genuinely curious, but uh, we're going to go over some songs we've been listening to, what the vibes have been like, um, and maybe, maybe any albums, any playlists, a, a specific set of songs in a specific order, just kind of what we've been rocking with. And then, because uh, we, we haven't talked about music in a long, long time on the show. Um, 2021 has definitely been very big for music, but, Pretty much anything past Certified Lover Boy has just been kind of a like kind of not not bad, right? Because I love the Mean Age album, um, and I love the Silk Sonic album, but it just hasn't been as hype. Like, see, I feel like music after CLB was just kind of looked looked past. Um, so hopefully we can end, you know, that'll end in 2022. But regardless, um, we've got what we've been listening to, and then a winter song battle. So this is cool because we usually. Uh, at, the, at the beginning in season one, we got pretty personal so you guys could get to know us a little bit better. We went over our Kanye albums. We went over our favorite songs, uh, our favorite movies. And I'm going to bring that back just a little bit. I'm going to make it fun for really fun for Brandon and I, as well as give you guys a chance to get to know us a little bit more personally. Because one thing you got to know about Brandon, Brandon and I is that we love making playlists. And more specifically, we love making playlists for seasons. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Like we have one for fall, winter, summer, and spring. <laughs> like yep. 
the vibes. Yeah, we are very because you know and this is all this is obvious. But if you listen to a song in the spring and you're not realizing it, and then you hear that song again in the fall, you're gonna be like, oh man, this brings me back to spring. And then you make a spring playlist with all the songs that brought you back to spring. And then you play it next spring. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it's bringing back the vibes. And then you play more songs and then you add it. So it's just a continuous loop. And it's easily one of my favorite things I've ever done in my life is just continue to add on to those uh, those seasonal playlists. And I know Brandon agrees uh, with that. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Tommy was definitely one that inspired me to that. And uh, just I'd like to just expand just a tiny bit so we can get into the meat here. But uh, yeah. Um, we, we make playlists of seasons and just like you said, like when you look back with the song, like when you hear a song, like present day makes you think about the past mm-hmm. and like almost in a way it's really beautiful. Like yeah. the song paints a picture for you. Yep. It's like a music video. It's like, you know, like there's something going on in the music video. There's a story being told and it's our story. So Mm-hmm. That's what's so cool about music and how much it can impact the listener of because it, the music doesn't know where that person is in life, you know, and uh, yeah, it's very touching the way that is. Mm-hmm. And Tommy was definitely somebody that inspired me to that. And I still do it to this day. I've slacked a little bit. I've just been busy lately, but I mean, it's definitely been something I've been doing the past few years. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Brendan. Really, I, I really appreciated those words. And and I appreciate them because you could not have hit the nail any harder uh, with the hammer there. Because you're right, you know, w- when you hear a song from your summer playlist, yes, it reminds you of, you know, the song, right? Oh, I like the song. But it's not about liking the song. It's about where you heard it and what you were doing. Yep. Um, you know, okay, I was listening to this song. But I, was in the, I was in a full car with all my guys and we were we were driving pretty and we were going to see a, a blockbuster movie and it was an awesome movie we got out and we we had you know we threw candy in the parking lot and then we went and got ice cream just like it's stuff like that um oh man it's my favorite thing ever <laughs> so uh yeah that is and that being said a little little long of a transition there but that being said we're gonna have a winter song battle uh, brandon and i have been uh, ever since we've been making these seasonal playlists, we've been friends. And so we have pretty similar winter songs. Um, almost, I would say like 80% of our winter playlist is uh, similar because um, we spent a lot of the winter together. So we're going to do a little winter song battle. I just want to pick Brandon's brain and have some fun with him as well as, uh, yeah, as well as give you guys an opportunity to get to know us better. So I'm really pumped. I, I don't know if this episode will be really long or really short or somewhere in the middle. I, I actually don't know because it kind of is all dependent on uh, our Oscar predictions. Um, but regardless, just, I guess I'm just laying out, you know, the floor plan. Now this could be a short one, could be a long one, but no matter what, it's always about quality over quantity with us. So it's going to be, a, um, so real quick. And then that's kind of why I say that because this is going to be kind of a quick thing. We're going to go over our thoughts, but it will be somewhat <laughs> quick, but December's movie slate uh to say it's huge would definitely be an understatement we've got some big movies that are going to shake up the oscars it's going to shake up a lot um so what do we have going on in december and uh what are we looking at well first and foremost like i said we had come on come on which is i think 
and someone will have to correct me here if I'm wrong, but I believe it's Joaquin's first performance post Joker. I think he was oh. a, uh, I think he had a, a supporting role in a film last year. Um, but I, man, I, I really do think, yeah, I think this is his fir- his uh, first role past Joker. Could be wrong because I know there's another film that was like an Amazon original. Called, I think it's called You're Never Really Here. And he was the lead of that. And that could have easily been 2019. But not important. What's important is we've got Joaquin Phoenix and nine-year-old, I believe his name is Woody Smalls. Um, and they are these two stars of this fantastic film. I saw it today and we'll get into that review later. But Come On, Come On comes out uh, nationwide this month so it's in theaters right now and make sure you go and see it because it's not going to be in theaters for very long that's how unfortunately a24 movies go they're just not in theaters for very long which is so sad because you know they produce the best movies um so come on come on we've got uh, jane champion's power of the dog that came out and that's starring benedict cumberbatch and it's going to be exciting it's a western western film that's kind of an exciting uh route for benedict to take because we're so used to seeing him uh with slicked hair and being called doctor doctor strange so <laughs> that'll be really nice uh to see and that that is out on netflix right now so you it is you know if you have netflix which who doesn't you are able to watch that right now um and then as well, uh, alongside come on come on and the power of the dog um we have licorice pizza which is my second we'll say third just to be fair to the green knight and last night in soho but without a doubt my third, and please don't take that as an understatement, most anticipated film of the year. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite film. Like oh, he's just he's just incredible. I, I look up to Paul Thomas Anderson so much when it comes to filmmaking. I, I really I don't copy him, but I certainly model and look at my films as if what would Paul do? Uh, he's a huge influence to me, and I love his films: The Master, Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, Magnolia. Um, the list goes on and on. And Licorice Pizza looks incredible. And not only that, and you guys know I don't really like Rotten Tomatoes, but it does have a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, every critic that has seen this film has just said nothing but incredible things. So Licorice Pizza is very much so in select theaters. Um, it, it'll release nationwide Christmas Day. I unfortunately was not able to get a screener for this one, and I thought I was going to be because it did release Thanksgiving week. Uh, the screeners started coming out Thanksgiving week, but they only released in Los Angeles and New York. And since Houston is the third largest city, uh, we were completely skipped over. So that's just so awesome. Um, but I will be seeing that film. Super excited. We'll definitely have a review for that one. I'm, oh man, I, I'm, it's leaving me speechless. I'm so pumped. <laughs> it's going to be great, you guys. It's going to be great. Um, as what else do we have in December? We have The King's Man which is the prequel, the third film, I guess you could say, but it is a prequel to The Kingsman, The Secret Service, and The Golden Circle, which I actually have not seen yet, but I do own. So I will be checking those out before I go and see The Kingsman. I'm excited. Looks like a good film. Uh, I know it's supposed to come out, I believe, like mid-2020. Who are the big names that are in it this time Uh, around? Ralph Fiennes. He played uh, Voldemort. He played played Lord Lord Voldemort. And then... I always butcher his name, but his name's like Dimion Yesu. He is the he's in uh I think it's Thor or Guardian. No, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy as well as uh the um just came out this year. What was the name? Oh yeah, Quiet Place Part Two. So um, it's a familiar face. You 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 won't be you may not be able to get it off the top of your head, but if you know, I'll, 
we'll put a picture up up of him or something because once you see his face, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that guy. So um, awesome guy. We, he's in it as well as uh, yeah, as well as well as Ralph Fiennes. So not you know, no one's super big, right? They're they're definitely borderline A list celebrities, maybe, but for sure B. But like uh, great actors. Incredible, incredible work that they give. And then there's some a few others, obviously. So we have the Kings, man. That's uh, that looks very exciting. We have Don't Look Up, which is very exciting because we have not seen Leonardo DiCaprio in two years. Woo. It's been a long time. And his well, last. So when film, was so when was the last time we saw Leo? What was the last movie? The last movie we saw Leo in, and one of my favorite films of all time, was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, and that came out in the summer of 2019. So it has been a long time since we've seen Leo. Um, and then the pandemic hit and uh, he was just putting in work. So we finally finally are getting to see Leo again, as well as I haven't. I mean, truthfully, we haven't seen this girl in a long time. Jennifer Lawrence. She's the co-star in that film. Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. So, you know, I'll just give you a, you know, a couple of sec- a couple of sentences. But uh, there's a meteor that is going to for sure hit the earth. And Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio are trying to go around and tell the media about it. And it's it's a comedy. It's directed by the guy who uh, also directed The Big Short and Vice. Um, and man, I am I am so excited. His name's Adam McKay. He's a great filmmaker. Um, and it's got Timothy Chalamet. It's got Kid Cudi and Ariana Grande, which is oh, interesting. Oh wow! Yeah, it's got uh, Meryl Streep. So do um, they? Do you know if they play themselves or? I I know Ariana Grande plays a pop star. Don't know if she plays herself. I I, I watched a review, an early review on the film, uh, but it was never mentioned. And then Kid Cudi, to my knowledge, is playing someone else. Um, so that's cool. awesome. It's cool to see them get into the acting game because, um, like we've seen with Lady Gaga, you know, she started off as a singer and she's gone into acting. She's been she's been great. She has an Oscar, <laughs> so um, yeah, she's been great. And then uh, Timothy Chalamet, my boy, he's in that movie, and he's probably why Kid Cudi's in that movie because they're good friends, as well as Jonah Hill. So it's a stacked cast. Don't look up. Um, been anticipating this one for a long time. It does come out in theaters this weekend, I believe. So hopefully I get a chance to go and see that. Um, but if not, it comes out on Netflix next weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe it's this weekend, but you can go see it early in theaters this weekend. Um, could be Christmas Day on as well uh, but it, it will be coming out on netflix so you know if you don't have a chance to go and see it in the theater uh it will be free to you if you do have netflix whenever that comes out uh we have american underdog the kurt warner story i actually did get an early screen to this it was um uh coming up here and towards the end of december uh, i got an early screen which is really exciting because you know uh, i'm not a huge football fan but the movie looks good and the lead actor uh also zachary levi he was also the lead actor in shazam so it's pretty exciting um so okay. that film's gonna be pretty darn good um i almost don't even want to say this movie because it's so obvious at this point but spider-man no way home <laughs> like come on now that's i've been t- if you haven't noticed i've been tiptoeing around that movie but like let's be real you guys it's it's what everyone's looking forward to um it's it's gonna be the movie and i, I think that's pretty cool i think it's pretty exciting because I'm, you know, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I'm not the biggest Marvel fan in the world, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited for this movie. Yeah. Um, we I also, think anybody would be lying. <laughs> yeah. If they oh, said no, they you're excited. no kidding. 
Yeah. Every time I talk to someone that says that they're not going to see it, I'm like, yeah, you are. So whatever. Um, uh, come on, come on was our first A24 movie of December. We also have two more. We've got the tragedy of Macbeth and Red Rocket. Uh, Red Rocket is directed by the guy who made the Florida project in Tangerine. Um, and I'm very excited for Red Rocket because it is a film that is, to my knowledge, filmed in this location, but I know for a fact is based in this location in Texas, here at home in Texas. And I believe it's a uh, Corpus Christi. So somewhere that we've all been, uh, you know, all, every Texan has been to. And then the tragedy of Macbeth, Ooh, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand join the Cohen brothers, uh, specifically Joel Cohen. Uh, for another A24 movie that is going to be an Apple original, but I do believe it is going to come out in theaters for a week or two uh, before it comes out on Apple TV. And it is based off the Shakespeare play. Wow, man, I am pumped for that one. But And that's to say the least. It looks so incredible. And then our fourth A24 movie, this technically came out, I believe, October, if I'm not mistaken. But it's just starting to release on Showtime, so I'll have to get a Showtime account or something like that, um, is The Humans. Starring Stephen Young from The Walking Dead. Bernie, uh, I believe her last name's Feinstein. I know her first name's Bernie for a fact, though. Bernie, who is the sister of Jonah Hill. Um, isn't that? She's also in the movie. And it's that's interesting. That's an interesting cast for an A24 movie. And I know it's they're all getting together for Thanksgiving dinner and then horror. It's, it's kind of like a horror movie. Um, and we all know A24 does horror well. You know, The Lighthouse, Hereditary, Midsummer. Uh, the, the killing of a sacred deer, you name it. Like, you name a recent horror movie, A24 has, uh, has done it. And, you know, last but not least, uh, here on our December slate, oh, excuse me, two more, two more is, Ooh. uh, Being the Ricardos, which is the Lucille Ball biopic. And the reason I'm pumped for this is because we have Javier Bardem and we have Nicole Kidman, the, the goat Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball. And I'm excited for this because. And, and I don't want to give anything away because I am saving – I've been saving this, you guys, for so long, so I can't spoil it now. But just know I really, really, really loved The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which was Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield, and it came out in September. Very small film uh, by Michael Showalter. I loved that film. And then Spencer, the recent film Spencer with Christian Stewart playing uh, Princess Diana before she – well, I guess she was a princess at the time, but playing uh, Diane Spencer, she killed it. And I love that movie. So, you know, they're two for two on bio. Oh, man, I am so excited because they're two for two on biopics. And this third one with Lucille Ball uh, being played by Nicole Kidman is just another great actress and another person that I'm interested in. And it's another female lead. And man, I am just I'm eating them up this year. You guys, I'm loving them. King Richard, too. You could also throw in King Richard, you know, even though it wasn't necessarily about, I mean, entirely about um, Venus and Serena because Will Smith was the lead. Every single movie that has come out this year that is about a real life event or a real life story has been really solid. Really, That's really a, solid. Wow. That is a really good point. Like, yeah, like coming to think about it, like through the eyes of Tammy Faye, I watched mm -hmm. uh, King Richard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Since we've been doing the show, I think we've said nothing but good things about autobiography or biography movies. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's they've been crazy. great. Yeah, they. I don't know what's going on this year because in the past they've been iffy, right? Uh, are you a Rocket Man guy or are you a Bohemian Rhapsody guy? There was always a divide, but man, they've been so good this year. So 
we've got that coming up. And then this is the last film. And I'm saving this. I save this for last because I'm actually watching this film on Thursday. So that way I can get you guys a review by Tuesday. And that is the new Steven Spielberg film, Rust. Well, I said rest. I just ruined the whole surprise. Dang it. Uh, West Side Story. Yes. So the remake of West Side Story. Brandon, I, you're excited for this one, huh? Yeah, I saw it. It's got Ansel Elgort, right? Yeah, Ansel Elgort. Yeah, like, yeah, it looked pretty exciting. Uh, just, it looks very uh, visually stunning. Like, yes. I think they, I think they put a lot of attention to detail and designing sets and designing uh, mm-hmm. scenes and just making it almost like everything. Like, like yes, obviously in the trailer that I saw today. There's a lot of dancing in it, but like everything looks like a dance. Like the guys get like some of the gangs ganging up to fight Ansel's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looks very synchronized and just very like just aesthetically pleasing. And yeah. if you're a fan of film, like cinematography, I feel like this is going to be your movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I mean, that's it's gonna. I think it'll be on the level of something like the Grand Budapest because Grand Budapest was a little bit, a lot different, like, but as far as coloring goes and uh, just set, does not set design, but uh, plot, like design of like what's going on on screen. Like it's, I think there's very similar amount of work that goes into it. And I think you can say that for any movie, but for these movies specifically, I think, it's going to be on a different kind of level, just like Grand Budapest. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, the set, that's funny that you mentioned that because it is going to come up in our Oscar predictions. And I, I do also agree with you, Brandon, that uh, the, uh, the West Side Story would probably take the Oscar as far as getting the best set, um, which isn't an Oscar, but SAG. And um, yeah. I, I think I think they've got it. I think they've got it in the bag, as, as, as at least what we've seen in the trailer. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, actually, I, excuse me, guys, I forgot to mention a film, so you will have to forgive me. And it's actually one I'm super excited for, Nightmare Alley, which is starring Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, Rooney Mara, Kate Blanchett, uh, Tony Collette, and is directed by the legendary Guillermo del Toro, who did Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, if that you know rings a bell, that's one of his films um the dude can direct a film Guillermo del Toro uh Pan's Labyrinth the Oscar best picture winning The Shape of Water Pacific Rim Hellboy Blade uh like he doesn't get a lot of films made because uh studios are scared I just watched a video essay on this they're worried to put his films to life because they're really weird and they're really like makeup and uh, special effects um, practical special effects that is and just having really weird concepts and I love that I think he's a really awesome director he's a director with a vision and I just can't help but respect it um, so Nightmare Alley that is that that might sneak up on us you guys Nightmare Alley might sneak up on it especially me because I'm, I'm pumped for that movie very pumped but it could be it could be finishing top 5 for me the way it's looking right now so uh yeah, Nightmare Alley. So I got my come on, come on review for you guys, and I'll make it short. I'll make it sweet because I know we got to get to the Oscar predictions, and I, I uh, 
that's not the most important thing. I will we uh, we'll just dabble into the Oscar predictions because I, that's there's going to be a whole episode dedicated to that. So don't even worry about uh, you know me not covering something because it will a thousand percent be covered uh, and a whole episode dedicated to it. But yes, come on, come on. I watched that today. Joaquin Phoenix kills it. Uh, I know that I'm not you know that's not something you don't hear all the time. Like Joaquin Phoenix is an incredible actor. Um, but I mean, uh, his, yeah, Woody Norman is his name. Woody, Norman, I don't, I think I said Woody Harrelson earlier. You'll have to excuse me. Uh, Woody Norman murders the role. He is a, I believe, nine year old boy. Um, in the in the movie, at least, he's nine years old. Man, he's incredible. He's hmm. incredible. Um, so the story for anyone that doesn't know, and I didn't know going in, so I was really excited, is that uh, Joaquin Phoenix is he's a documentary filmmaker, and so he's, he goes around and he interviews kids. And uh, in the middle of that, his sister needs his help watching her child. And so he's like, okay, yeah, watch your child, which is uh, Woody Norman's kid. His name is Jesse. And he, him, Jesse and Johnny is Joaquin's, uh, that's the actor's name. They girl bond, obviously, um, you know, which is nothing new for a movie, you know. But it's, it's not a kind of bond you'd expect. You know, because when you see a kid and an adult, you kind of expect like a power bond from the adult. And then there's some fighting and they come together and the kid respects him. But in this one, Joaquin is so open minded with everything. Mm. And Jesse asks him some tough questions. He's like, why aren't you married? Uh, Why aren't you, you know, do you have any kids? Uh, Do you have any regrets? And he's just like, whoa. And so it's this nine year old in this what I'm going to say in the movie. He's probably 50 maybe 45 uh and that might be a bit old uh, let's say let's say f- f- 35 to 40 is joaquin's age uh that's a, those are some tough questions those are deep and so it's just questions like those that are being asked during the film and i loved it it hit hard especially if you've been kind of emotional uh this is the film to go see and it's been called the feel good film of the year kind of how last year it was minari this year we have come on 24 movies by the way um but I, I couldn't agree more. You just come out of the theater feeling so good after seeing this movie. Um, it's nothing super depressing happens, but it is, there is a tone. There's a tone to it. And I think that's why Mike Mills decided to make the entire film in black and white, uh, even though it is based in modern time. Um, so hopefully I'm, uh, I'm convincing a few of you guys to go watch. Come on, come on. I know I didn't say a whole lot because I didn't want to waste too much time on this episode because we are at 26 minutes and I know we've got, a while to go but still um it, it's been out for a while not a while it's been out for about a week nationwide please do yourself a favor and see come on come on because for a lot of people it's becoming their film of the year and i wow. think that case for a lot of people this is a great introduction film to a24 because it's a24 movies are either really weird or really scary or both and this is a the but you have those you have those shining stars that aren't weird or scary they're just life films i.e moonlight moonlight is one of my favorite movies of all time uh that's a 24 lady bird is a 24 and that's a great example um and it's films like those where it's like okay you know there's nothing scary and it's not a weird film it's just like a coming of age movie or it's a teenage movie or just a life movie and this is one of those movies so if you want an introduction to a 24 if you just want a feel good movie something that you can watch and just invest yourself in and really really invest yourself in this kid you you see yourself as Joaquin, but you also see yourself as this kid because you're so curious and we're young. Um, yeah, go see. Come on, come on. I, if if you don't come out of the theater 
feeling different and just feeling a little bit lighter than maybe we didn't watch the same movie, but I cannot recommend it enough. So come on, come on, go watch it. <laughs> go watch come on, it. Come on, go watch it. <laughs> come on, come on, go watch it. Yes, sir. And I mean, if, if that didn't convince you enough, Joaquin Phoenix, that's all I should have to say um, to convince you. Uh, but yeah, I just looked it up right now, actually. So yeah, you were never really here. Came out in 2017. So I do believe this is Joaquin's first film back. Yeah, since Joker. Am I? Am I wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's what I'm seeing right now. Awesome. Yeah. Really awesome, you guys. Please go. Please go watch this movie. It deserves so much uh, your attention. Okay. Oscar predictions, guys. Oscars are somewhat right uh, right around the corner. They they're going to be held in March, but the cutoff I believe ends in November to send in your film. Um, and even though there's some films that don't come out till this month, they did uh, you know get sent in as an early press you know screen. You know the vibes. Um, so what are we looking at? What are we looking at? Well, let's cover some big some big uh, points here. You know, best actor, best actress, best picture. Maybe best sound, uh, best direction. So let's start with best actor. It's interesting because you would, you know, you're right off the top of your head. You're thinking Will Smith for King Richard. And I've said in my review for King Richard that I, I just found the performance a little cringe because you could tell he's just Oscar baiting. He's yeah. Oscar baiting. He's trying to go for the Oscar instead of just committing himself to the character. He's yeah. One uh, thing I'd compare to, I think he's trying to get the sort of attention he got with what's his name? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio when he did Wolf of Wall Street. Like apparently he followed him around for like a year and a half. Shoot. Just like hung out with him. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard, Will Smith did the same thing. He followed Richard Williams around mm-hmm. and like just copied his mannerisms and just went from there. So yes, I would definitely agree that he is Oscar baiting with this kind of performance, which isn't bad. I mean, no, not at all. Not at all. It's uh, it's one of the better male, male performances of the year, you know? Um, so no, am I, am I upset that he's kind of Oscar baiting? No, not at all. That, yeah. Thank you, Brandon, for ma- for actually helping me out. I appreciate your help because I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. I, I love the performance, uh, but are there better performances? That is the question. So personally, I've got Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Wow. Uh, it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, please go see it. I'm not a big Lin-Manuel Miranda guy. Uh, never been a big fan of his. I, I I'm, you know, haven't liked what I've seen. News and, and uh, little clips. He, he may be a great guy in person, and I could just be judging a book by its cover. So excuse me if I am, if you've met him in real life and you're watching this. Uh, or if you yourself, Lynn, are watching this, uh, first of all, hit me up. But second of all... Uh, Explain yourself in the comments. But, um, yeah, not a huge fan of the guy. I feel like he's a little pretentious. Uh, I think that's kind of the best word to describe him. But did he make a great film? Yes. And who was the star of his great film? Andrew Garfield. And Mm -hmm. I am, you know, ever since, you know, I've seen my favorite movie of all time, The Social Network. Anytime Andrew Garfield is in a movie, I'm there. Mm -hmm. Um like I, the eyes of Tammy Faye, what got me out to go see it? It wasn't Chastain. I'm so glad that I saw it though, because it is Chastain's movie. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and she is going to be my female performance of the year. What I personally want, 
But uh, I went to go see it because Andrew was in it. And I miss seeing Andrew Garfield in movies. So, um, tick, tick, boom. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Give it a watch. Great film. I've I've got him. It, it looks like he's kind of in the lineup lineup for uh for best actor, but they're they're saying Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth is something to look out for. I think that's really cool. I'm really I'm really hoping that Denzel if he if he can get the Oscar for tragedy of Macbeth, I am walking away happy man. A twenty four movie. We all love Denzel. Uh, would not be upset. I know Benedict Cumberbatch has got a lot of talk with with his Power of the Dog performance. Um, I'm gonna butcher the same, so excuse me. But uh, Hidetashi Nishijima for Drive My Car, which was a foreign film that I'm desperately trying to see and get my hands on. Peter Dinklage for uh, Cyrano. Cyrano. Hmm. I know there's a certain way to pronounce that, and I always hear it when I'm watching like Oscar prediction videos, but it, it goes in one ear, not the other. But yeah, Peter Dinklage. Wow, that's. That's another interesting point, but yeah, uh, him as well. And then Joaquin Phoenix, come on, come on. They're saying that one's really good, as well as Bradley Cooper, Nightmare Alley, which would be really cool. Um, but here's what, here's what I'm really rooting for, and what I hope at just at least gets a nomination is Nicolas Cage for Pig. Mm. Now, D- did we review this movie ever, or did this come out early 2021? I, I think this movie. It did so. It came out, I believe, in July 2021. Because okay, I so right I, before we started. Yeah, but I, I, it was probably literally the week before we started. Gotcha. Uh, Pig, it is on Hulu. You know, please, before anything, watch Pig. Before anything, watch Pig. I, I know I've only cried in two movies. Uh, Zodiac, David Fincher's Zodiac. Uh, because I was just uh, Andrew, uh, what's his name? Jake Gyllenhaal gives what is one of the best performances of all time. Uh, and then two, when I was nine years old and I watched Where the Wildings Are, I cried like a baby every time I watched that movie. <laughs> and I haven't watched it since I was nine years old. I won't be watching it because I know I'll cry like a baby again. For some reason, that film just hits me. Uh, when the when the monsters kind of run in to go talk to the boy and he's crying and the boy's already on the ship. Oh, gets me every time. <laughs> Pig. Pig had me. Pig had me crying, man. The third movie ever to make me cry, Pig. And I, I cannot tell you why, obviously, for spoilers, but it is here here's the film. And I love this. Nicholas Cage is a truffle farmer, you know, and his pig sniffs out the truffle. Well, one night his pig goes missing. Um, and so you have Nicholas Cage. He he's single, he lives by himself, he lives in like a shack. With his pig, his pig goes missing. His best friend goes missing, and uh, Nat Wolf, who was also an old uh, this summer, so it was good to see him twice. Um, oh, excuse me, Alex Wolf. Excuse me, not Nat. That's his brother, Alex Wolf, who was also in Hereditary. Um, he's like, okay, well, my dad buys truffle. You know, we buy truffle from you guys, so let me help you. Uh, find your pig and so it's it's alex wolf and nicholas cage and they go on this what is called the an anti-revenge film where they go around finding out information about the pig and whenever they find it out they don't beat the snot out of someone to get it they just ask them politely or they like do a task or something and nicholas cage oh my goodness 
it's a performance that can only be explained if you have seen the film. I can't even put it into words. And I know I should because I'm a film critic. But Nicolas Cage gives his absolute all in this movie. And and there's a scene. And if you've seen the movie, you know the scene where he just falls after he learns some information. And it's just, oh, man, it's crazy. And then the, and then the ending scene, oh, my gosh, I was crying like a baby. So I, I'm kind of going in circles here. The point is, Pig is on Hulu. It's one of the, it's easily one of the best films of the year. It's one of the most unique films I've ever seen. Okay, Nicolas Cage is a truffle farmer and his pig gets lost. Up, sign me the freak up. So like, oh man, I really hope he gets a nomination. Um, but yeah, so that's what we got right now for, for best actor. So what do we have for best actress? Hmm. And this one is very near and dear to me um, because, like I said, Jessica Chastain is the is the uh, is the excuse me, uh, is the lead in my favorite film of the year as Timmy Faye. So but what are they saying right now? What are the what are the big names right now? Uh, I hope Amelia Jones for CODA, which stands for Child of Death, uh, Child, Child of Death Adult. Or Child of Death Parents, something like that. Um, and it's that's an Apple Plus original that I do definitely need to see because they're, CODA is getting a lot of awards and a lot of talk about being a child of death parents, and I really need to see that film. Um, but I hope she gets something. I hope Frances McDormand gets a nod for Tragedy Macbeth. I really hope Alana Heim for Licorice Pizza gets something. And Agatha Roussel, that's French, excuse me if I butcher that, for Titane, which was a heck of a film my goodness we will be getting to that t-tain uh when the time is appropriate but the big five christian stewart for spencer hey if she wins that i'm walking home i'm walking away happy she murdered that role she was incredible in spencer i i you know oh, she just looked so much like princess diana and talked and and walked and she just had everything like diana down um and it was a great film Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, a film I have not seen yet and I would like to see. Um, Penelope Cruz for Par- Parallel Mothers. And then the, here's the two big ones is Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, where she's playing Lucille Ball. And then Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Timmy Face. So you guys know I, I'm rooting for uh, Jessica Chastain. If Christian Stewart gets it, I'm not upset at all. Give it to her. Uh, if yep. Nicole Kidman gets it, that's pretty cool to, you know, because she's, she's a hard worker. Alana Heim would be really cool because this is her first film, I believe. Excuse me if I'm wrong, uh, because she is. I know she's in the band. Francis McDormand and Amelia Jones would be cool as well. Yeah, I think I think Christian Stewart is definitely a high candidate. Not like obviously because of her performance, but just the iconism of uh, uh, Princess Diana, the kind of attention that gets. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as, like, what's the movie called again? Uh, Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. If you hear the word, oh, yeah, uh, she played in Spencer, people are going to be like, oh, well, okay, what does that mean? And then, oh, it's the Princess Diana movie. And they go, oh, okay, okay, oh, wow. You know, so. Yeah. I just think, I think she killed it from what I heard. I need to go see it. I I definitely want to see her performance in that. But I think it's going to really, I think it's going to end up winning uh, female best actress yeah this year for her because it's again like the iconism of that part and uh the the fact that she 
I mean, I wouldn't say she did an incredible job. There's definitely been past Oscar uh, winners that have performed better, but the fact that she had such a tough role and she did well uh, says a lot and deserves recognition, in my opinion. That's a good point because uh, Christian Stewart is always ridiculed in the media for whatever she's doing. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and we're going to end this off with my favorite picture. So everyone, you know, the consensus that's been floating around since the film has released is Belfast, which I talked about on our first episode of season three, um, the black and white film about the Protestants versus the Catholics in Ireland, uh, directed by Kenneth Brong, uh, Brognan, Brong. I always, he has the, it's, that's the hardest last name to pronounce ever, but he's the villain in Tenet. He started a few films of his own that he's directed in, um, Really cool guy. I've seen some interviews and some clips. He seems like a really down-to-earth guy. So Belfast. They're saying Belfast is the best picture winner. They've been saying that for a while, and all these films are releasing, and they're still saying that. So that's interesting. Do I think it's the best film of the year? No. But if it wins best picture, I am not upset one bit. Not upset one bit. Um, They're saying Power of the Dog. I don't see it winning best picture. I see it getting a nomination maybe, but best picture I think could be a bit of a stretch. Uh, West Side Story is up there, and I think that's a crowd pleaser, as well as King Richard. So I'm going to put those two together. West Side Story and King Richard, okay, a movie about Venus and Serena's uh, father, and then the uh, remake of the you know classic play West Side Story. They're you know they're remaking it into a movie, and it's Steven Spielberg. That's that's a crowd pleasing movie. Well, I would love to see Dune. Could you imagine if Dune was one Best Picture? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! The world well, would burn. Oh my gosh, that'd be crazy because that would honestly, because it's got a long way to go. Because like we've called it the next Star Wars of our mm-hmm. generation, mm-hmm. it's got a long way to go to get there. Because you, I mean, there's such an expansive universe with Star Wars, dude. Yeah. There's definitely that kind of potential, but you got to start, you know. Yeah. But if they start with a best picture, oh my goodness, this movie, this franchise has so much potential and oh my goodness i would hate to be the person directing the second movie <laughs> yeah denise Villeneuve. That, so like that'd be a tough that'd be really tough shoes to fill because it'd be a letdown if it's a lot worse mm-hmm. that and you bring up a good point uh too that i wanted to talk about so thank you is uh you know denise Villeneuve, the director of dune the director of Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, Enemy, Sicario, and Prisoners. Um, he he combines art house, like A24 elements, weird, kind of disturbing elements with sci-fi. And then he combines that with blockbuster. Uh, similar to Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's a bit more traditional. He's not as art house. But Denis Villeneuve brings art house and blockbuster together, and if Dune won a Best Picture award, man, I would, I'd go buy a lottery ticket. I'd be so happy. Um, I think Licorice Pizza could really make some noise at the Oscars. I, I once I haven't seen the film yet, but I know that it's probably going to get a handful of nominations. I like Belfast is. I would love to see Licorice Pizza go away with it. There, I mean, the reviews are so good. Everyone knows it's kind of the film. They're they're low key, low key saying it's the film of the year critics and stuff over Belfast and over King Richard. And 
I think, guys, I think we may be – Paul Thomas Anderson deserves his first Oscar for uh, Best Picture. I, I think we have it. I think we have it. So, Licorice Pizza uh, is up there. I, being the Ricardos, they say they say that that's up there. I haven't seen that film yet. Do I think it's up there? Eh, I, I can't make a judgment on it if I haven't seen it. But a film like that, winning Best Picture, is not out of the ordinary – but I think they would give it to Spencer before they give it to being the Ricardos. If we're going with biopics, uh, maybe even the eyes of Tammy Faye before being the Ricardos. Um, they got nightmare alley on there, which is really cool. That gives me hope. And I'm really excited to see that movie. They have what I just mentioned, the tick, tick boom. I, I think that look, it's getting a lot of looks from a lot of critics. I think that could make some, a huge rumble at the Oscars. And then they also have Coda, which is incredible. Coda, uh, the, the, the movie about the chi- uh, death child, or the, the child of deaf parents. That's that's. Uh, I know it's a very emotional film, so I hope Coda does well. But all you know, I wouldn't be upset with any of those films winning. I would be pretty upset if uh, uh, West Side Story and King Richard won, just because they're crowd pleasers. And I know that going into it, and I knew that going into King Richard, and it and it, and it pleased me, right? But it like I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm watching West Side Story this Thursday, and I'm gonna have a review out for you guys next Tuesday, but or next Wednesday. But who knows? Anyways, uh, hopefully I didn't talk anyone's ear off. You know, Tragedy to Macbeth can make some noise. Come on, come on. Could uh, definitely move up the ladder, especially this week, I know. And um, But that is about it. I know passing has been talked about a lot. Flea. Um, yeah. So those are our awesome, those are my uh, early kind of Oscar talk. I'm just kind of letting you guys know what to look out for as far as best actor, best actress and best picture, the three, you know, the kind of the big three. So just look out for those. You know, if you, if you're uh, on Netflix or you're, you know, uh, at the store and you look at the, the movie section, maybe pick one of those up, check it out, you know, let me know what you think. So look out for those as far as, uh, yeah, as far as Oscar predictions go. Um, okay, so we are at the 45-minute mark, so we will go ahead and end this uh, with what we've been listening to, and then we'll do our winter song battle. Um, so, let's, yeah, I didn't know if it was going to be short or long, so I guess it'll be one of the longer ones, but once again, um, but because uh, we want to make sure you guys uh, understand us and hear us. And, uh, you know, I just talked a whole lot, so Brandon, please <laughs> take it away with what you've been listening to. So one song that has been on repeat lately for me has been an Imagine Dragons song. No mm. figure. Like it's, it's been years where I've like truly just been enamored by Imagine Dragons. Mm-hmm. Brings me back to like 2013 when Radioactive was really yeah. big. Yeah. Yeah. And the song called Follow You. Okay. Like it goes, I will follow you way down wherever you would go. Like it's, it's a great song. Like I, <laughs> I guarantee you it is a million times better than what I just sang. Like, <laughs> and if that, I mean, if that small pitch that I just gave you bought, bought you in, just wait until you hear it, you know? <laughs> Imagine it's, the real uh, deal. It's the real deal. It's a great song. Uh, I need to listen to the entire album. Uh, one thing I like to do, I like to fixate on one song just for a little bit, just to like hear every bit and every piece of it, you know, mm-hmm. just to really hear the music and listen to it because there's definitely a difference. Tommy can attest to that. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, I've really just been uh, listening to like big songs that have really come out this year. 
like uh, Love Music by Lil Yachty. It's just a different kind of project that he went for with this one. And a lot of people try to be different, especially rappers like Lil Yachty. And he he didn't do too bad on this one. He didn't uh, miss the mark too much. So very proud of him there. Go listen to that. Love Music. That's what it's called. And then uh, listening to a lot of Tyler, too. I've been listening to Lemonhead oh, yeah. featuring 42 Doug. And, oh, my gosh. Like, one thing Tommy cannot stand about my music taste is that I love, I really like Lil Baby. I just like <laughs> the sound. I just like his sound. But one thing I cannot stand is when he puts Lil, when he puts 42 Doug in one of his songs. Really? Like wow. Because I kind of like when 42 Doug's in a little baby song. So that's <laughs> we're, okay. We're, God just created us to be opposites. I, I'm convinced of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't like him. I just think he's very unoriginal. Like, uh, unoriginal. He's just. I love like, this pretty- because this is how I feel about so many artists. So it makes, you're making me so giddy and happy to see that. Like, I've never seen you talk about an artist like that. You've just been like, yeah, they're cool. Like, you've liked everyone, so I love seeing this, yeah. but please continue. Go off. Go off. Yeah, he's just, I mean, I mean, he's got some of his projects where he's, like, he sounds cool. But this one, like, this is, with Tyler the Creator, man, like, that's what's so great about Tyler the Creator. Yes, Tyler can make great original songs, like uh, Earthquake. Uh, Maybe See You um, Again. See You Again. So again, that's those are two great examples. We'll stick with those. But he's also really good at utilizing outside talent. And he does this with 42 Doug. Not, I was not a big fan of 42 Doug. And he put him in the song and it fit him perfectly. Yeah. Fit him perfectly and it was great. So, like with my conclusion there, I I just came to the conclusion that 42 Doug isn't that bad. It's just he hasn't found his true beat his true Mm -hmm. producer and i think it's tyler i think tyler really helped him sound good in my eyes and besides that okay uh this will be my last one and then i'll let you go tommy i kind of this is like a guilty pleasure but go ahead so i saw uh, i don't know if you guys saw i think y'all saw that kanye and drake squash out their beef yeah and that and drake posted a video of kanye it's actually pretty funny i was showing some friends it today he's just going yeah (laughs) pretty funny but uh the song in the background it's just him and drake they're just taking a video together being goofy it's knife talk with oh yeah uh, 21 savage yes i know that's very uh very cliche, but Project Pat at the beginning. I really like, just like the beginning flow. I just think it's really interesting, very cool. And then I've also really liked, to, wait, Tommy, you're going to kill me, but way too sexy. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I just, I don't know what it is. It's just very catchy. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, what do you call it? Not a remix, but a uh, a sample. It's just yeah, it's a sample off of uh, "Too Sexy for My Shirt," you yeah. know. So, 
I mean, that song was catchy in itself, so this one's going to be catchy too. And I just think, uh, like, I don't think Drake is that great in here. I don't think Young Thug is good in here. I think Future is pretty dang good in this song. It's just catchy, and, like, it's just one of those songs that just makes me want to dance, and, like, while I'm driving, I'm just, like, hitting my tire, or, I mean, mm-hmm. not my tire, my steering wheel, just, like, going to the beat. Like, I just like it. Like, it just makes me want to have a fun time, and just, it's also also a confidence booster. If you say, I'm way too sexy, <laughs> like, a hundred times a day, I guarantee you, you'll be more confident at the end of the day, <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> Um, I definitely, yeah, those, those are songs that have been on my rotation. I know there's a few surprises in there, but Tommy, I want to hear yours. Yeah, so I've uh, I've been listening to a lot of Kid Cudi. I uh, love it. I, tequila shots and sad people have definitely been my go-tos. Um, the, oh, and sorry, if I can interrupt just for yes, a please. quick second. Did you, listen, did you listen to Remote Control Part 2 with his feature? Yeah. Uh, on the new Don, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that reminds me. Thank you for reminding me. Actually, so when you were talking about Tyler uh, making f- only Tyler can make forty two Doug sound good. Um, I th- that's why I, I love putting Tyler in the same breath as Kanye because only Kanye can make make me the biggest baby hater in the world like the baby. So only Kanye West can do that. Only Tyler can make forty two Doug sound good. So they're they're really just two of a kind, Tyler and Kanye. Uh, Different, same vision, different process. Yes, really the same artist. Um, but yeah, a lot of Kid Cudi, Tequila Shots, and Sad People. Man, those songs are so good. Mojo So Dope, Mr. Rager, uh, The Void, Love, Soundtrack to My Life, Damaged, and then uh, a little bit of Juice World here, which is kind of rare because I'm not the biggest Juice World fan. Like, I definitely have my issues with Juice World. But I won't ever complain if he's on the radio or if he's on if someone has aux and they play him. Uh, Come to life, Kanye has been a big one. Believe it or not, Ooh. Industry Baby. Uh, Interesting. Uh, it's so Industry Baby. While it isn't the best song of the year, I, I think it has to be the winner for the catchiest song of the year. Like, oh, there's yeah. not a day that doesn't go by where I'm not like, I told you, oh no, oh no, I got what they waiting for. Like, I just it's yeah. it's in my head all the time. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I got yeah, like, I, I, yeah, and you, and you are, you aren't a big little Nas X fan. So yeah, yeah. And like, but at the end of the day, it is produced by Kanye West. So, I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of shows how great he is, you know, like he, he's the one that produced it in a way like, like, uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest little Nas fan, but I can respect greatness. And that song is definitely great. Yeah, like, let me tell you right it's there. It's just such such a catchy track, and I'm not, I'm actually not a Jack Harlow fan at all. I talk talk about like unoriginal and uninspiring. I think he is the epitome of that. Um, but he he kills it on the track. Can't complain. No complaints here. No complaints from Tom. So been listening to that. Been having a good time with that one. Um, been trying to get back into Roddy Rich because he's coming out with a new album. So I've been listening to High Fashion in the Box, which wow, are his two okay. biggest songs. Um, I'm excited for that. Talk about a guy with potential, Roddy Rich, man, because he can sing and he can rap, and that's pretty rare nowadays. That's what I. That's what I've been saying. Like I've been saying that Roddy, like okay, really, really far down the road, right? Roddy 
is exactly what Drake wants to be. We we all know when uh, that song dropped back in 2014, no, not even 14, like 2011, when Drake was singing the song that goes, I got my eyes on you, that oh, album, yeah. when he started singing. That like I that was I think that was the mark of when he started singing. And he probably had a vision of what he wanted to be, what he wanted to market himself as. And I guarantee you it's pretty much exactly what Roddy Rich is today. Mm-hmm. So Roddy Rich has a lot of potential in my eyes, and I'm very excited for his next album. Cause yeah, uh, that's the first time hearing about it. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're very welcome. Uh yeah, he's got a new album coming out in uh, December. Of this so this month very exciting um interesting drake analogy as well because he definitely was singing a lot on uh thank me later with uh like uh find your love perfect yeah. example of that but it uh on that album which you were right so congrats which because it was 2014 uh it was uh not nothing was the same um when he did the i got my eyes on so uh it, he, he he has been singing for a while but with that album, he kind of made singing his top priority, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Interesting point. Interesting uh, analogy. Uh, maybe maybe we will see singing as Roddy Rich's top priority pretty soon. That's a good point. Um, because on high fashion, he's just singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just singing. He's just singing his butt off, and he's doing great. He sounds so good. His voice just uh, just sounds so smooth. He, like Okay, it's it's raspy, and it's tight. But it, oh man, with the instrumental, it just blends. That's the word. It just blends. So great stuff. Uh, and then lastly, I've been listening to a lot of Playboy Cardi Vamp Anthem, um, Stop Breathing, Jump Out the House, kind of the harder tracks and Whole Lot of Red. I've really been coming back to Whole Lot of Red a lot, which is cool. So uh, a little bit of Escape Plan, Travis Scott, a little bit of that, a little bit of Amine, uh, an all around good time. Okay, I'm having fun, Brandon. I hope you're having fun too. Uh, we're, we're at 57 minutes, but I, I think once again, it's quality over quantity. So if we're going a little over, that's perfectly fine with me. Cause this next segment is, yeah, we save the best for last with this next segment, which is the uh, winter song battle. So I won't go too long cause I don't want to go too much past an hour, but I do want to, I want to get into it, man. I want to see where Brandon's head is at. So. Uh, for our listeners, this is another chance to get to know us. For Brandon, good luck, man, because I'm going to make it difficult for you. Um, but here we go. Which winter song is better? And we're going to go between uh, – we're going to start off with what I think might be the hardest one just to get things rolling uh, for you. Maybe it won't be that hard, but I've got No Idea, oh. Don Tolliver, or Soho. By Jane Smith. Oh, Tommy. Dude, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> tough one. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I think Soho is a good fall-winter song. But I think uh, – what what did you – which Don Tolliver song did we – No idea. Picking? No idea. No. Yeah, you can't beat Don Tolliver. That is a full-on winter song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to go with – no idea, but that is very tough. I love Soho. Great song. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, respect. So uh you said you're going Don Tolliver, no idea? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm gonna hit you with this one. This one's really tough too. 
We got uh the box, Roddy Rich, or okay. Save Your Tears the weekend. Mm. Okay, so kind of similar um, aspect here, but a little bit different. I look at Save Your Tears as a winter-spring song. Yes. If that makes sense. Exactly when we heard it, yeah. That's- yeah, it, that's when I heard, heard it, but like I, I still get those vibes. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm listening to it right now. I've actually been listening to the live edition with Ooh. Ariana Grande and The Weeknd. But, uh, yeah, I got to go with um, the first one. You got to go with – what was it again? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, it was the box or uh, save. Yeah, you got to go with the box. Uh, that's just Bust. that's when that song really became prominent, and it just steamrolled into 2020. Okay, all right, fair enough. So uh, we'll keep the weekend. We'll bring back Don Tolliver here. Heaven or hell, Don Tolliver or Blinding Lights. The weekend. Yeah, the weekend that. I don't really think that in my eyes it's not a winter song. Interesting. Uh, you you may think different, but uh, I, yeah, don't, I, could... I don't see it as winter song. I really don't see it as like any season. I just think it's yeah. night. I think of night, and I think yeah, of facts, uh, Vegas, and everything. Uh, and there's not really a lot of seasons going on in Vegas, so that's that's just m- kind of my thinking there. So I got to go with, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Let's let's get on with our last few here as we are, as we are starting to wrap up. So we'll go we'll go to a little 2018, back to 2018. Good times. We'll do drip too hard. Oh no, <laughs> drip too hard or overdue. Travis Scott. Yeah, you got to go overdue. That's a overdue. That's a yeah. That's a chill beat. Overtime and overdue. It's just a slow beat. Travis kind of sings a little bit too. It's just the vocals yeah. and everything, just the auto tune. It's really chill. So I'm gonna go with that. Okay, good point. Yeah, that, those are two. Those were two tough ones for me for sure. So I was definitely struggling a bit. But uh, yeah, man, that that was fun. All right, so we'll we'll go. Ooh, I'm trying to decide. Okay, let's do. Our last one here, and we will go. I'm gonna make it a good one. So I gotta make sure I make it good. Let me go. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh my gosh. I, I think this one will be hard. Maybe it'll be easy. Maybe I'll be wrong. But uh, I got Shine Amine. Oh. I don't really know. I need you. <laughs> um, we 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 credit sixty six as one of the songs that was big in our friendship i would say shine is might be second and that whole amine album because we also have yeah. a why on that album which is really good but I got, i'm gonna go shine amine or cardigan don toliver oh that's pretty tough because i know you uh, love cardigan so man that's tough uh i think i'm gonna go with cardigan just because don uh, toliver's whole vibe is kind of winter yeah but fine. shine Sean is a great fall winter song. If we were picking fall winter, like a, the transition, because I do a playlist like that where it's mm-hmm. a, tra- a time of transition between seasons, that would top probably be top five for me. So, yeah, I agree. Well, shoot, man, yeah, this that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. A lot of good yeah. picks. 
Hey, and it gets my brain going of uh, songs to listen to going through the weeks as we get to Christmas, y'all. It's uh, the ninth right now, so we're two weeks and two days, I think. Yeah, two days and two weeks and two days. Dang. So 16 days. We're almost there. Almost there. Very close. Very close. One one song I didn't mention was Naughty Head, which is our which is our jam. <laughs> which is which might be my winter song like all time. It's still I mean no idea you can't beat, but Naughty Head's a close second. Just reminds me of you of uh going to get the trees with you and uh get the Christmas trees for our for our bonfire that one year. So didn't mention Naughty Head, just wanted to throw that in. But yeah, guys, Christmas is all around the corner, sixty we're at sixty four minutes, so just at an hour. No uh no uh nothing to freak out over because you know we got, we try to stay within like a 40 minute limit for you guys but once again quality over quantity and, and it's been a quality episode just a good episode to update you guys on oscars movies coming out uh and to get to know brandon and i a little bit uh we are i i'm i truthfully am extremely excited for this thursday's episode because a lot happened with college football as well as it just kind of takes my mind off of pop culture and it gives me a break to kind of relax and listen to brandon as well as give my own input um, so I, I always love and look forward to our sports episodes. So we will see you then, you guys. You'll be listening to this on Wednesday. We will see you Friday for that sports episode. Um, so until then, my name is Thomas Hicks. And I'm Brandon Matula. Matula. We will see you guys in a few days. Bye.